but I'm not going to feed into this energy of people that just want to, you know, see somebody hurt or get something off of their chest to make themselves feel good. I'll look at the comments, I'll read it, but I'm not going to pay no mind. Welcome to Mission Critical, a podcast about the big picture, the purpose, and the values that drive today's most game-changing companies, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm your host, Lance Chung, Editor-in-Chief of Bay Street Bull, and I'll be introducing you to a group of brilliant minds who are making an impact on the world and forging the path ahead. While they may all be very different from one another, the question remains the same. What's your mission? It seems like everywhere you go nowadays, there's a Canadian musician that's dominating the charts, racking up awards, or flooding your social media feeds. It's safe to say that Canadian artists are on fire right now. But artists thrive on live experiences in order to market themselves and connect with their fans. So what happens when a global pandemic eliminates that from the equation? When the taps to one of your biggest sources of revenue and income are shut off? Denzel Spencer, you may know him by his stage name Roy Woods, is a rapper, singer, and songwriter signed to Drake's record label, OVO Sound. Known for his signature R&B and hip-hop sound, the Brampton, Ontario native has already accomplished what many would only dream of in his early 20s. But despite his success and having the support of the biggest names in the industry today, Roy understands what it's like to struggle as an artist, which is why he's putting his business hat on and giving back as a co-founder of Loophole. The Canadian cannabis brand offers a unique proposition in that it's owned by artists like Roy Woods, Our Lady Peace, and Division, alongside their CEO, Ian Kwachansky, and gives 5% of its proceeds into a music fund, earmarked for emerging artists in desperate need of support, especially due to the pandemic. In this episode, and speaking with Roy about his path to entrepreneurship and how to support emerging artists, Ian joins us as well to talk more about Loophole and how artists are embracing an innovative mindset. How is everyone doing? We have Ian, CEO and founder of Loop Pool, as well as Roy Woods, recording artist, songwriter, and also co-founder of Loop Pool. How are you both doing today? Fantastic. Doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Great, great. Ian, how are you? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, beautiful weather outside. More vaccines are rolling in, man. Things are looking all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got to take all the wins that we can. Well, thanks so much for joining and chatting. I want to talk about a lot of things. Obviously, I want to talk about Loop Pool and what you guys are doing in that space. It's really unique kind of proposition that you're carving out into the space there. And also, Roy, uh, just your experience as an artist, as an entrepreneur, and um, the last year. So, Ian, maybe you can start off. What is Loop Pool? Just a 101. Yeah, Loophole is an artist co-owned cannabis company, and uh, we wanted to take a different approach. So instead of being the 500th brand to talk about quality or value or just reiterate the same things that are out there, we wanted to create a message that was just going to be a lot more meaningful and resonate with a lot more people. So we've skipped the whole product conversation, and we're unique because we're going to use a portion of our proceeds to fund emerging artists. So we're different in two words, support creators. For sure. And Roy, how did you get involved with Loophole? Um, what is your role and how are you involved? Loophole reached out to me and my team and I was interested, me and the team were interested. And I'm uh, very excited to be a part of it with all the other artists. There's uh, other artists that are also mutual friends of mine that are involved too. So it's very new, very cool and exciting to see how, you know, Canada's company could be so much for the artists and creators in general. So me and my team are we were really down to do it when we heard about it. It's brand new to me. This uh, entrepreneur role now is very new to me. Always wanted to do it, 
So I'm very glad that, you know, I'm a stoner myself. So I love the fact that I can do a, a, a something like this with this company. For sure. Now, Ian, how exactly does it work? How are applicants chosen? How are the funds allocated? Yeah, so so what we're going to be doing is we're actually going to be partnering up with existing music not-for-profits. Um, you know, they, they provide already the built-in sort of infrastructure and that turnkey ability where we can work with those who have already sort of built out the ability to manage and administrate this. So we provide our own creative direction on where we want to see the funding deployed. And it's part of an advisory group we're creating amongst all the artists to have their collective input on it. And I think really the big things that I sort of saw is I, I came from, you know, nearly a decade working at, uh, you know, Warner Music and, and Arts and Crafts. And I wanted to make sure that we were providing funding and, and super serving those who have been underserved. So the really important thing for us is we want to be going out there and supporting independent artists and those who, you know, from the existing grant programs have been either underserved or been unable to access funding uh, from those existing organizations. So part of our plan is we're going to be putting out uh, an initial amount into the pool fund right when we launch, because I want people to know that's authentically what we're about from day one. And then our plan is to probably do a call for grants about once or twice a year. Um, our advisory committee is going to really help us sort of put together what are the attributes that we want to look for and, and really let the artists and the creatives lead the direction on where we want to be able to deploy that and, and making sure that we're doing right by those who haven't been able to have right done by them, I suppose is a way to put it. Yeah. Now the artists involved in this initiative span a pretty diverse range of different music genres. What kind of conversations did you have with the other artists that really underscored the shared experience and a shared goal that you're working towards? You know, what I didn't want to see was us like really speaking to one artist's fans. Like, like as an example, one of the things that I thought where there was a, a missed opportunity on was, you know, even as an example, the Tragically Hip had a brand. And I love the Tragically Hip, but do the Tragically Hip speak to Roy's fans? You know, I, probably not. And, and so what I wanted to do was there isn't one artist, there isn't one size fits all. And what I really wanted to do was to amass a collective of artists that were going to speak to the gamut of Canadian consumers. So it didn't matter, you know, I wanted to make sure that men and women in all backgrounds and all genres were represented. Like this is truly kind of like trying to create the beats by Dre of Canadian cannabis. I want this to, you know, be able to speak to everybody. And it's a mission that doesn't just speak to, you know, R&B fans or country fans or pop fans or whatever it is. It's just something that is just a universal language. So why not unite artists under a wide variety of different genres? Sure. It's a shared experience. And it also makes sense from a business standpoint that you're diversifying your audiences and making sure that you're able to uh, reach as broad of an audience as well and, you know, bring everyone along for the ride. Roy, outside of Loophole, what do you think is, you know, really the most powerful way we can support emerging talent in and out of music um, from your experience? And where do you wish, I guess, you had more support as you were coming up? I feel like, you know, when you go on tours and stuff, you feel the support. Whenever you step outside and, uh, you know, you go to the studio or I feel like away when you're away from that, you, you kind of could question yourself as an artist of, okay, well, am I getting the support that I, you know, I feel like I, I get when I'm out there on road, on tour, you know, when I see my fans and communicate with them. And I don't know, I'm not the only artist that feels like that, especially being from Canada and always having to travel to America a lot, right? There's like double the workload, right? Also feel like double the thoughts and the stress of like, okay, well, Am I getting what I need right now? Because I'm putting my all, right? So I feel if, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter who and from where, but, you know, I feel like we need to show artists more support than just a post. 
And even when we do post, you know, letting the artists know that we care and we want the music and, you know, we want to give in to you, but you also have to understand that you're human as well, you know, and you're not just a robot and a machine just to made to make music for us. You just need to come back into reality and support the artist as, as not just the artist, but as themselves. For sure. And that's actually something that I want to touch on a little bit later, you know, the, the mental health aspects of being an artist and also being an artist in a pandemic too. But first, how would you define the difference between an emerging artist as opposed to one that is established? What's the main difference for you and, and Ian also? What's the difference for you through the lens of something like Loop Pool and how you're defining who is getting access to these funds as well? Uh, Roy, maybe we can start with you. You don't think about, you know, the stresses of when you are established, okay, well, what am I going to do next? What album am I going to drop next? What do people want to hear me to say next? You know, it's just a giving thing you just want to give give let people know this is what i'm about this is what i want to do right and once you be once you kind of get there it's up to you to okay well now i need a new plan right and and that becomes a big stress because you never know what can you know happen next you're there but now you got to get somewhere else what are your goals now you know a lot of artists forget that okay yeah i made it but i still have to do more work you know when nba players nfl players and athletes when they get drafted a lot of them, you know, they can be busts because they didn't put in that work, that time in the locker room, in the weight room, outside of the, the facility. That's why you have guys coming from the fifth round and, and, and destroying the game, playing like their first round picks, playing like, you know, top athletes because of that, that work, that mentality that they have. Like, yeah, I got it here, but I need to go farther. I want more than just this. For sure. Ian, how would you define the difference between the two? God, when do you stop developing? I'm going to officially, you know, leave it to Roy to kind of speak better to that because from my end, I can't even play the triangle, but I learned I was really good at marketing the triangle record. Um, but I think as well, like really what you start to see from developing to or from emerging to, you know, sort of established is I would almost say perhaps it's maybe when you're peaking on the, the size of your audience that you're doing shows towards or I think it's it's sort of hard to put a finger on the pulse. Like when you go from saying that you're a, a developing artist to an established artist, are you saying that by being an established artist, you know, does that mean that you've, you've hit your peak? Are you not getting bigger? Are we talking about, you know, if you're playing at RBC Echo Beach and you're playing to 7,000 people, are you no longer considered to be a developing artist? It's so tough. And, and I think especially as well these days, uh, even those who may consider themselves as established, like how do you continue developing yourself, right? Like people want to keep doing different things and people got to keep pushing the boundaries. And so it's a tough thing to put the finger on the pulse of, but that's why I'm at least just thankful. We have guys who live and breathe it and are way cooler about it. Like Roy can speak to it more than I can, I suppose. Yeah. I love your point too, Lance, because it's very real because you don't know what your climax is, right? doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. And I feel like the people that really strive are the people who don't see the climax. They right. just keep going. You know what I mean? I love that about, you know, certain people, you get to see the greatness. In them. Yeah. Now you mentioned that this is a new business venture for you. Do you think musicians and in a broader sense, artists nowadays in today's landscape have to embrace an entrepreneurial mindset in order to be successful? You know, what is everything outside of the artistry that needs to be considered as an artist that's uh, trying to, to make it today? Oh, no, I, I definitely think um, artists need to get into that, you know, what I want to do with my money kind of thing, because it's not easy coming by making money. You know, I, I grew up an athlete, so I always seen, okay, what does it take to be an athlete? What does it take when you get to that stage, right? 
And I made my mistakes, but because, you know, I wasn't in that position before I was learning about it until I got to that position. And now that I've made my mistakes, I've learned, I, I understand what it takes to, to go farther and learn about other things outside of the music that could bring me things that could possibly even help me with music, right? And I see a lot of athletes, they got to pay, you know, uh, for their, but even for the lifestyle itself, there's so much things that they got to pay. If you're not getting sponsors or a great deal with sponsors and stuff like that, you're not going to be seeing a lot of that money. And then if you're not using that money that you get, you know, if a guy gets like 10 million or 3 million for a contract a couple of years, you have to really put that money. Okay. I need to put 500,000 here. I need it. You really got to think about that. And a lot of us don't until, you know, you got to let people learn and know that there's other ways to use your money. You don't got to buy this. You can buy it after just invest it into something real quick, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess building on that, in what ways do you consider yourself to be an entrepreneur and a businessman? Um, you have obviously Loophole. How have you seen yourself evolving uh, in that space as you progress through your career? And how do you want to progress actually as well? <laughs> um, I just want to see what and learn. There's so many different things that I can do with my money. And I'm interested in so many different things. I've just been learning trying to take the steps to know what I really want to do and just not rush into it. And because uh, there's so many things you can do, there's stocks, there's real estate, there's there's different, there's so many different companies, especially being an artist, right? So I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, take my time and learn and make sure, okay, when I'm 30, I got the game plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, obviously, this past year has been very challenging for everyone, especially artists, especially people who are, you know, live and breathe that live entertainment experience. In what ways have you seen artists be more innovative and creative to generate revenue and, and continue their art during the last year? How have you been able to do that? Um, it's all through online. You know, it's, it's all been through online. And what can you do now with the people that you can't physically see? I was working around it myself, uh, just kind of doing things that me, I naturally like and sharing it with them. You've seen the, uh, the verses with uh, Timberland and Swiss Beats that Triller just signed to deal with. That was something that was beautiful that turned into something, you know, that's really money-wise good, great for them, right? And now they have a, like a whole new platform. They can present a whole new kind of like, I don't even know what it is. Like, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> it's right, like, right. Those verses, right? But it's a great thing and it came from that and a lot of artists are trying to find different ways of doing that and you still have to right now it's still uh, stuff is still closed it's like one of these moments i think now more than ever it's like looking from the artist's perspective like they they have the direct reach to be able to talk to their fans like they have that you know, like i think it's almost you know incredible where we used to be in a position where you'd want to go out there and do media and now you know you can go on your instagram and you're immediately talking to the people who live and breathe and speak your mind and you have your own direct platforms and i think it's it's kind of an interesting like we used to be in such a polished space where everything had to be perfect and polished and i think now more than ever people really respect back like that raw who are you really like just like really feeling like they're connecting with you and in a weird way i think that's almost been like a bit of an upside to this is that i think it can make people's connections to guys like roy feel just a lot more genuine thanks man <laughs> yeah like it's, it's just it's such a tough time right now but now more than anything it's, it's like here's an ability where fans want to engage with their artists now more than ever everyone's trying to be hungry to find new ways that they can be able to do it and i think whether you're doing like a live stream or you're doing an nft or whatever it is like at the end of the day you know your fans the best and it's that's what's going to really know what's going to like click and resonate with them so i mean i, I don't want to put words in the mouth but i think i know it's challenging but i think also now more than ever these guys have taken back the power 
Yeah, it's it's almost democratized and leveled the playing field or leveled really this space where we're having discussions with each other um, and able to engage with each other as well. Now, Roy, on social media, you know, you've talked about mental health and navigating the toxicity that the internet has. How have you been able to protect yourself and your creativity, your mentality, not only during the pandemic, but as someone who puts their art into the world, because as an artist, you are opening yourself up, you're being vulnerable and you're opening yourself up to scrutiny as well as celebration. So how do you manage to navigate that whole situation? Uh, (laughs) I remember in the beginning when I first got signed and I'd look on comments, I'd always get upset and all that, right? And you see the good, and but you, that one bad comment that that one person said, it just got you, right? (laughs) You know, as I got older and I've learned that, you know, people are still bullies on the internet every day, right? Even to their own favorite artists. I don't do that. So I don't know the reason. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I know hurting people hurt people. And people that are happy want to embrace people. People that feel good want you to feel good too. Want others to feel good. So when I had to just sit down, understand that, okay, you know, these people, they're, they're not, I know they're not going to say this to my face, you know, and if they do, then it's, it's a different conversation that we're going to have. We're actually maybe even going to have a conversation, but I'm not going to feed into this energy of people that just want to, you know, see somebody hurt or get something off of their chest to make themselves feel good. I'll look at the comments, I'll read it, but I'm not going to pay no mind. You know, I'm not going to think of that and be like, let it, let it disrupt me and my energy today or anything, first of all. Right. And I can't let something that something from somebody that I don't know that may not have any interest in me, let that just ruin my day. Even if it's for like 30 seconds, I don't want that. Yeah, for sure. Now, what does community mean to you? How do you define it? You obviously have your community of fans, but also the community of your industry counterparts and also the business community that you work with in terms of, you know, your relationship with Ian and Loopool. How do you define community and, and what does it mean to you? Community is like your, like your neighborhood. When you wake up in the morning, you see your neighbor. You know, that's how I view it. It's, it's an everyday thing. You know, these relationships that you have and you build with these people, it's an everyday thing, right? The relationships you start, how you are with them, it's going to last for 10 years. If you keep those relationships and that feeling of you not being able to keep those relationships or ruining or breaking or burning those bridges is going to hurt down those 10 years. You're still going to feel it. So I represent the people that, you know, I'm dealing with, I speak to, and I represent them as they represent me, right? So it's a two-way street. Absolutely. And in for a loop pool, you know, community is obviously something that is ingrained in that and, and the way that you're engaging with artists as well as their audience. How do you define community and within your perspective and your lens? I mean, to me, community is people working together beyond the goal of an individual and rather for something that is collectively a value that's shared by everybody. And, uh, and I think that if you're looking out for one another and if it's something beyond, you know, a person's own individual interest, to me, that's community. My overall feeling on it is I think that, you know, this is an industry that is consumed as a together thing. It should be working as a together, you know, as, as an emphasis of togetherness. It should just be looking beyond ourselves and, and, you know, working on something as a collective for a greater good beyond an individual's interests. I love that. I think that's something that's actually just really been amplified and brought into question of how we view ourselves as a part of a community in this past year and and the responsibility that we have to each other to kind of protect each other and, and to be able to be an outlet for each other as well and support each other. 
Now, Roy, as a vocal recording artist and as someone who used to be an athlete as well, how long did it take for you to really discover and find your voice and what you really wanted to say about the world around you? Was there a moment that really kind of sticks out or has it been more of an evolution? It's been a whole roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, um, definitely an evolution. I've only, I feel like, became where I can say things as an artist that I want to say. The way I feel like in certain situations, I can take that feeling and put it into words now instead of trying to find something to coat that feeling and use words that may, you know, it could it can be that, but it's not exactly right. And over the last year or so, just me wanting it, wanting to get there, putting in the work to get there all the time, it, it, it's led me there. And it feels honestly, it's, it's one of the best feelings in the world for me to finally be like, yeah, I, I can do that. Absolutely. And for everyone that is, I guess, following behind you and, and looking to also carve out their own path and, and, and make a name for themselves, what's the best advice that you could give to an emerging artist or even anyone that is emerging in their communities or in their industries? Once you start losing belief in yourself and what you want from you and stop working, that's when you lose it. When you have, stop having fun with it, you lose it. You know, and you got to find a way to fall back in love again or try something new. But you can never just give up on yourself, you know, and you can't have people around you that don't believe in you the way you do. You know, that as you're saying, it's a two way street. I believe in you. You believe in me. Let's do this. Right. And when you start losing that belief and you got that person right there to be like, hey, bro, don't do that. Don't go left. You got to stay. You got to stay right. You know what you got to do. I'm here for you, everybody, you know, and once you got like a great support system, you believe in your own self and your own abilities and you don't let nobody take that away from you. There's so much, so much evolving for yourself, for you to do with your team and your career choice. And there's just so much growing and opportunities that come by that you may not have ever thought of that pushing, keep wanting to push hard. It's like, it's like working out. You know, some people can't work out alone. They need that one person to be like, yo, just keep going. And push. You'll fight. You'll go like a thirty minutes, but that person will push you that extra twenty. You know, sometimes you need that, and you know you can do that. And you've got that person beside you. Just keep going. Don't let that relationship slip. Just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is there anyone in your career that has really stuck out as a mentor or a role model that has given you the advice that you're now giving to next generation? Yeah, yeah, my managers all the time. My managers, uh, you know, the guys I work with, my brother Shah Hustle. They they give me that inspiration, that motivation to just stay me, keep believing in myself. And as I said, when I don't believe in myself, sometimes they're always there. If I didn't have that support system, I'd be going crazy sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's so important to be able to surround yourself with people that you can trust, but also people that you uh, can rely on to, to give you that support. For both of you, and maybe Roy, we can start with you first. What would you say is your mission, your bigger purpose the bigger picture at the end of the day through your work and what you really want to leave on the world as your own mark? Well, first, I want people to be remember me as just always being me. And then I also would love people to remember all the things that I, I've done and my intentions for what I want to do because I haven't done it yet. But I have so many intentions for the world and I want to touch all over the world in, in a way I can't explain yet, but... I'm gonna get there. Whenever, God forbid, when I leave, people remember me for just being the best me that I could have ever been. And the, the intentions that I've always had and the things that I will do later on and, and see how, 
you know, it's affected them, the people around them, the world itself, and what they can do off of that. You know, how can you help? How can you, you know, be a part of the solution? You know, for not just for the world, but, you know, also for yourself, for your personal life too, because that's going to reflect and lead on to the rest of the world and to the outside world, you know? Absolutely. I love that answer. Uh, Ian, what's your mission at the end of the day? I wanted to shake things up. I looked at it like, you know, I, I came from 10 years working at, at record companies and I thought, you know, uh, this is just the way things are going to be. And, and, you know, I sometimes felt like an infant moving an elephant and in a weird way that motivated me. I just wanted to find a way to be able to do things that are different, to actually turn the tides and make a meaningful difference. And I just so happened to be lucky enough to get to combine them in two of my favorite industries. But that's really what it is for me was just breaking the mold, thinking outside of the, I was going to say taco or the shell, but maybe call it the rolling paper, whatever it is. But like, I just wanted to try to do something. I wanted to at least say and put my 110% into it to be able to go that I tried to do something different about this. And here we are actually creating a real viable solution to turn the tides on the, the tough situations that artists are in. I mean, if I like, I have no musical talent whatsoever. So if there's any way that I'm going to be able to make a difference of any kind, this is the way that it is that I can be able to do it. And this is what fuels me being innovative, being disruptive. And frankly, a lot of people who said that, you know, in that same way, you know, Roy was talking about like who is inspiring him. Um, I've had a lot of people that inspired me, but honestly, I took a lot of inspiration by people who told me that I couldn't that fueled the hell out of me. And it makes me all the more excited to show that um, you can do it. It just takes a lot of hard work and you have to be willing to uh, be willing to have uh, bad days and in order to get to the good days and to get where you got to go. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, thank you so much to both of you, Roy and Ian, for giving the time to chat today. It's a lot of great stuff that we covered and a lot of great insight. And I'm looking forward to um, seeing what you are working on down the road. And hopefully we can have another chat soon. Lovely, man. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. For Roy, this is not only a way to give back to his community, but it's also his first step onto the path of entrepreneurship. Today's biggest artists aren't just artists. There are also investors, CEOs, and brand builders that are effectively able to harness their clout and leverage their audience towards their other endeavors. The business landscape is constantly evolving around us, now more than ever. It's truly an exciting time to see how business and art are intersecting to create new and innovative opportunities for the future. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts so we can get the word out. To keep up to date, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, ask yourself, what's your mission?